Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 720 with a review of Decision to Leave. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a theater near you. Um, this week, we snuck out to see a little film called Decision to Leave. Now, uh, Stephen, I know you've probably seen, like me, this trailer like a thousand times in at Alamo before everything else that we've been seeing for the last several weeks. And... Uh, you know, the little titles that come up during during the trailer are like the most romantic movie you will ever see all year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know I know this is this we're in the age of uh, hot serial killers and like everybody wants to fuck everyone who's like done horrible things in every single Netflix show and whatever. Uh, yeah. But like the, the basic premise of this film is creepy as hell, right? <laughs> very, very much. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know why. We'll get into it, but I don't know who is billing it as romantic. I think it's seductive. I think, like, there are words to describe <laughs> what this movie is, like, dripping with, but romance isn't one. And also, as long as we're here and can just talk about, you know, uh, audiences and the way things are portrayed... um, I don't know about your crowd, but my entire audience seemed to think this was like a laugh a minute comedy the whole way through in a way that really irritated me. <laughs> so I definitely chuckled a good amount. Like, I, I think, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it opens with the director saying, like, th- this movie will make you cry and but also laugh, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it, it, it is there are moments that are for sure played for laughs like specifically the uh the main uh investigator's partner guy mm-hmm. like you know yeah. like like there are moments where it's like you know it's not it's not laugh a minute but but it's no it's like I, I, I would give you like chuckle every five minutes like i, I believe it's that kind of movie they're just my audience was roaring like the whole time <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i felt weird about it <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't think my audience was roaring the whole time, but uh, there was definitely a good amount of laughs. I I chuckled out loud a few times, mm-hmm. but uh, but uh, yeah, and part of it might might be a little bit of uncomfortableness <laughs> with what is being presented to them. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a mix of 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 you know sexual tension, uh, mm-hmm. comedy, uh, intrigue. Uh, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's the whole gamut. <laughs> See, like, I, I experienced this with Triangle of Sadness, too, and my theory, at least, was that San Francisco audiences, whenever there's a foreign language film that is supposed to have any humor in it, anytime they recognize something that even conceivably could be funny, they, like, make an effort to laugh, to be like, ha, I get it, I connect with you, in a way <laughs> that I just find, like, insufferable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, 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 that makes sense, I feel you there. <laughs> But maybe I'm a curmudgeon and people are just enjoying it and I'm just like an <laughs> asshole sitting in the back like, why are you laughing? This is seductive. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to watch this Stevie movie and everybody's laughing yeah. and killing my mood. I'm, I'm trying to get turned on by this movie about murder and you're all, you're all fucking it up. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Should we get into it, Steven? Let's do it. All right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer, um, even though the trailer is not in English, for <laughs> Decision to Leave, and then we're going to come back and give everyone a review. Here! <laughs> 
killed you. That was the trailer for Decision to Leave. Um, it's basically about an investigator uh, who is investigating a man's death and, uh, you know, has to begin investigating potentially the wife who he suspects of being maybe uh, in on the murder. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Decision to Leave? Um, I like Decision to Leave quite a bit, even though it kind of zagged rather than zigged in terms of Park Chan-wook's <laughs> career like this is a movie that seems like it is going to explode you know because just because of what you know about the filmmaker and his general kind of maximalist style and everything and this movie honestly just kind of does a slow boil and lets you enjoy that for the whole time um I, they, this is a movie that I think I kept saying the word seductive. I think this is kind of a classic noir movie, right? In that there is a detective character. There is a woman who may be guilty, may be innocent, but either way, she's in the room with him now and he finds himself getting more and more obsessed with her and the lines start to blur between good and evil and he gets like just captivated, right? And I think this movie, it is really good at keeping you in that, captivated headspace where he I, I mean he he barely sleeps he's obsessed with the case he has this kind of strange weekend marriage with his wife in Ipo but he spends all of his time in Busan and you just see the way when when this woman enters his life and I am avoiding saying the character name only because despite watching the whole movie i do not know how you are meant to pronounce her character name um because <laughs> the way it is spelled does not sound like what anyone in the movie said um, I, i'm just gonna say say Sio Ray, even though it is it is not correct um when he sees her she is like a gravitational force for him where there's just something about her that he connects to on a deep level. He wants to solve her. He wants to understand her. And this movie is kind of about the way that when you fall for someone or get obsessed with them, they that obsession can blot out the sun. Like you cannot see what is sitting right in front of you. And I just think 
when the movie is just living in that space of them having this little back and forth, him, he is investigating her, but she is also having a relationship of some sort with him. Like they're connecting even while he suspects her of being a killer. Um, I think this movie is just great when it lives in this space, when it becomes more plotty in kind of the, the third act, it doesn't lose me, but I just care so little about the plot compared to the feeling and the vibe <laughs> that the movie is. I didn't, um, I didn't make that much of an effort to follow who is slappy and why does slappy connect to so-and-so, <laughs> right? Like, like all those things, they were, they were color for a movie that was all vibes for me. And as a yeah. vibe, I really, really like this movie, but it, it didn't necessarily add up to a incredible story on top of it. Like when I talk about vibes, uh, I think even just listening to the soundtrack or it, the trailer, the soundtrack is so cool in this movie. Like I, I'm just listening to it and just kind of like bopping in my seat and just feeling that kind of like, <laughs> the gravitational force of Park Chan-wook's filmmaking and how effortlessly you can just spend two hours watching this interesting kind of violent, kind of romantic, kind of mysterious thing un unwind. So yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot, but I think it is very much a mood piece, not not so much a grand epic story. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it, you know, the, the, this film is kind of two movies, like you're watching the 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 first film and its sequel like all wrapped into mm -hmm. one thing and like this film could end halfway through and it would be a full com complete contained story arc mm -hmm. but the story this does want to tell is is more epic and grand i think there's a lot of meandering that happens in between to sort of justify it i mean the problem is like if you get into a situation where somebody potentially killed their husband, <laughs> like if they find themselves anywhere close to anything shady in the future, you have to do a lot of heavy lifting to not just immediately like find that person guilty of something. Right. So it's like this mm -hmm. film is this film wants to play with the idea of this, this guy who is, you know, like, you know, I'm not going to call him like a Sherlock Holmes type, but he's clearly supposed to be like the hotshot inspector in his group. And he like solves all the cases and, and, you know, like, you know, other than the wall of unsolved cases that he has, I yeah. guess, <laughs> but like, it, it, it's very much about a person who's, you know, it's not clear whether he has insomnia and that makes him better at his job or if he has insomnia because he's better at his job. <laughs> um, but th but there's some asset aspect to this person really diving in and getting involved in a case that is, you know, it's it's super fun and entertaining. Um, there are definitely parts later on when I'm trying to follow, like, the chain of events that involves Slappy and mm -hmm. trying to understand, like, what web are you trying to string? And it's not that the film is trying to be tricky. It's just trying to dot all the I's and cross all the T's mm -hmm. to make sure that the obvious answer is not just like, oh, well, this is the only outcome for this moment. And then it really becomes kind of a fairy tale. Like I, I think that if you watch this film, you know, like, like Jamie and I were driving, driving home afterwards and she was asking about like this little section in the, you know, this three fourths through the film. And I was like, honestly, I think it's okay if you didn't follow all of that, because what's really important is the middle and the end. Those yep. two 
like bookends uh you know the, the to be continued in the middle and then the bookend of this film it is sort of this fairy tale about this romance between these two people and what they both meant to each other and how their presence affected the other person in the chronological aspect of when they met each other and what they meant for each other in real time and i think that it is kind of a you know interesting beautiful tale and the decisions that characters make for how they will try to present themselves to the other person um the longing that they have from afar in all these moments as creepy as it might be is still yeah. played very romantically and playfully and like the moments of uh <laughs> the way this film handles the version of like i love my dad <laughs> type mm-hmm. of thing you know where it's yeah. two characters who are not in the same room being in the same room for the purposes of the filmic language like i really really love that playfulness of my what this favorite film is doing. stylistic flourish in the movie is how seamlessly it does that where like characters are suddenly transported in space you know to be next to each other when they are talking to each other or spying on each other or thinking about each other uh, yeah it, I, and I, like, I think yeah, it does it really well. I, I really love, too, like the, the added of it where it's not just that they are in the same space together. They are in the same space apart, yet both aware of the other person's presence, like mm-hmm. little subtle nods to uh, to how they both understand that the other person is near, even though they are alone, even though we are watching yeah. them together. And like there's it, a very, very creative uh, way to do that uh, storytelling um, and really just kind of heighten the enjoyment of the film i think all along i was definitely you know sucked in and enjoying my journey through the film even in that little (laughs) three quarters through confusing like chain of events that has to get put in place to make everything work out for the way the story wants to go um but i'm I'm glad i'm not alone because i kind of thought i was gonna come on here and you were gonna be like steven this is what happened and like you were just gonna lay out (laughs) everything let me me show you my murder wall (laughs) exactly (laughs) But but yeah, I mean, I mean, like I, I kind of get the chain of events. I just don't get the very there's a, there's a, there's a scene where a person is on a phone and says, "If this happens, I will do X." And I was like, "Okay, I get, I I get the chain from there forward. I don't get why he said if this happens, I will do X." Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I, there was something I missed somewhere along the way, and I just kind of like, okay, whatever, I go for it. I don't I don't care. Um, but yeah, I I think. Uh, the fairy tale of it really really worked for me um and just sort of that the 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 feeling of what it means at the end i was kind of like all right all right i i, I like it I'm, I'm there for it this 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 works for me yeah and and i think you know even in that regard i, I like thinking of it as a fairy tale i think that is like a an interesting way to read the ending because it does have that kind of more mystical quality to it you know it it almost it's a weird comparison because it's a movie i don't think either of us particularly liked but it it almost makes me think of like that movie undina that we talked about from new york (laughs) film festival where it's like a fantastical thing about a a love that can't be or the woman that like vanishes and that that is a very noiry thing right like yeah a lot of the beats of the movie including the fact that there are two parts and she shows up later kind of under a different all of that it kind of feels very classic twisty detective do i love you do i hate you are you good are you evil um but the the movie just handles it really well and i do think 
I, I know it is kind of the easy critical thing to say anything is a meta commentary on the director's work, right? You can just say that and drop a mic and walk away no matter what movie you're talking about. And they'll be yeah. like, oh, yeah, of course. But here it kind of feels like it because that this is a movie that is about someone who is surrounded by violence all the time and gets kind of obsessive over it. And he... Um, he is suddenly pulled towards this person and away from what used to give him joy and pleasure. And I think the the fact that the twisty, ultra-violent criminals and motives and everything stuff kind of just fizzles to give way to a fairy tale love story of sorts is... It's interesting to think of what kind of reflection Park Chan-wook is making there in terms of, like, why did he decide to make this movie and not the violent, intense spectacle that a version of this movie could be if he wanted it to be, right? Like, what it, what is it about connection or whatever that he's thinking about? I, I don't have an answer to it, but I... <laughs> It, it doesn't completely know. avoid the violence, though, because there's definitely a scene where somebody gets stabbed, like, 15 times. <laughs> sure. And here's the question. For, for him, though, it feels pretty tame to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, in that scene where that person gets stabbed 15 times, was that one of the times that people in your audience laughed? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's definitely on that borderline where it's so sudden and so shocking that you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, good times. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, speaking of the violence and, 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 and bad things in it, I think that part of the reason why I choose to watch this as a fairy tale is because that helps me accept some of the, the really messed up nature <laughs> of mm-hmm. decisions characters make, uh, just because like, um, you know, the, the decision to leave is pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like the goal yeah. of it is, is, you know, without saying it is, is really just kind of, it's dark. It's dark as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still a romantic gesture, but it is yeah. also like, it's kind of, kind of, kind of messed up, <laughs> but it like, is. Yeah. if, if I, if I think about it in, in the fairy tale context, I go like, oh yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Love it. <laughs> right. And if I think about the reality of it, I'm like, mm, that is, that is that messed is, uh, uncomfortable. up. It's <laughs> very unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah um, no, I agree, but it, it's that kind of, um, that dark sweetness that I think he he does really well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it probably like be like you know you talked earlier about uh, you know people watching a foreign language film and 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 feeling more like I, I want to laugh at the things that I think are supposed to be funny. There might be a little mm-hmm. bit of like I can accept this premise as a foreign language film, where if this was an American remake of this. You it might, might be like nitpicking it, the exact way the character experiences it or something. Well, not not even that, but I mean, it might be just a, a more, it might be a more difficult pill to swallow when it's not uh, being translated to me in a sense. Like mm-hmm. it might just be like a like, oh, that's it's it's only dark. <laughs> there's no, yeah. there's no beauty. Uh, there's no romanticness to this. It's just fucked up. <laughs> I also have to say that. The relationship parts that I did definitely laugh at um, in this movie are largely centered around uh, the main character, Heijun, the detective, and his wife, <laughs> who have this kind of, um, I don't even know how to describe their relationship. It is very much like 
check the checkbox and put it in the planner or whatever of, yeah. the, of their life. And um, talk about some of the least romantic sex scenes I've seen in a while <laughs> in a movie. That, that, um, this, this is it involves mold, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> the, so the face she's making right before he turns his head and starts staring at the wall. Mm. Was she was she into it then? <laughs> I don't know. I, the face she's making, I can't tell what. She's like, mm. <laughs> Everything about that scene was super awkward. Yep. Mm. <clears throat> Good times. Good times. Um, well, I think we're probably <laughs> we're probably about the, at the end of the conversations here. Um, Stephen Miller, should we get to verdicts? Sure. All right. If you're going to give us a must-see, reckon with the caveat, wait for until pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I, I'm giving it a recommend with the caveat. I think this movie is ultra stylish, super well acted. It is a great kind of mood piece about longing and desire, and you know, the way two two lonely people kind of find each other and latch onto each other and what they would sacrifice for each other and whether it is beautiful or disturbing that, that they would do that. Um, caveat being, I don't think this adds up to something quite as grand as the reviews are making it sound like, like I preferred the handmaiden for instance. Um, like I, I think this is just by design a much, smaller movie that is living between tones in a way that is super entertaining and you know definitely poked my brain for a few hours but it didn't sit with me the same way that that, you know some movies can can stick with me yeah not enough marionette fucking (laughs) yeah for my taste um but uh but yeah this is a recommend with a caveat for me as well um i you know i i really enjoyed my time with this film um i do have to I do have to take it as a as a fairy tale to accept some of the things that are happening, um, but I really I, I I just it it was a fun ride, and you know the twist and turns towards the end get a little too twist and turny without necessarily adding to what you're getting as a whole. But for me, it's kind of like that middle section, um, that end section. It it collectively from a bird's eye view equals like a really great sentiment and a very enjoyable watch um so yeah had a good time also gave me a little bit of uh come on come on vibes with uh all the uh recordings um yeah and also you and i got apple watches there's no way the mics are that good <laughs> right <laughs> they must have some future model that's not out yet <laughs> also speaking of speaking of apple I don't know if I believe the step counter is quite that consistent. <laughs> I mean, it was a third party. Uh, <laughs> right. It was a third party app. Mm. Yeah, that, that's going to do it for our review of Decision to Leave. Steven, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller, sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherMarillLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from a track selected from Artlist.io, so hopefully you are enjoying that. And uh, yeah, we are going to take off 
we have uh, one more review to do, which we <laughs> may record at different time. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll be back later with a review of After Sun. Bye.